0: Welcome to the Vegas Strong Revival Podcast, where the heart of Las Vegas beats through hospitality, community, and resilience beyond the strip. We're calling all Vegas residents and local business owners. Get ready to explore the pulse of our community. We aim to uncover the unspoken truths about our local services, venues, and businesses, discussing what's amazing, what needs improvement, and how we can uplift each other to enhance the Vegas Strong spirit for everyone in town. We appreciate you embarking on this journey with us to reignite the Vegas Strong flame, making our city not just a destination, but a more loving and hospitable community. Before today's chat, we invite you to subscribe or follow and connect with us on our Facebook page, counting on us for your weekly fix of hospitality reality. I'm your host, Warren Sprague, and I'm joined by the harbinger of hospitality herself, Britt Whalen, founder of Law Critique. Now drumroll, let the show begin...
1: Warren, for goodness sake, last week you said laurels and didn't explain. (laughs) What in the world is a harbinger?
0: Okay, so a harbinger is a beacon.
1: Okay, that doesn't really help.
0: Okay, it's a prelude. You're getting colder. Britt, okay, your presence inspires, signals, and alerts us to an increase in hospitality. You are an omen, an usher. Oh boy. A messenger. Dare I say, a prophet.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I could never get behind prophet, <laughs> but I see what you mean. So I'd say if I'm the harbinger, you are then the herald, sir.
0: Oh, wait. You know what a herald is, though?
1: Well, I looked it up. <laughs> So yeah, I suppose our roles are really enjoying a renaissance of sorts today. <laughs> Tell us what is on the agenda.
0: Well, today we're mixing it up because we don't have any lists, actually.
1: Well, that leaves me listless.
0: Brit. What a pun. <laughs> well played. Thank you. Anyway, this episode we'll be discussing the many meanings of hospitality, tipping etiquette and tipflation, and last but not least, holiday shopping here in Las Vegas.
1: Oh, I am so excited for these topics today. However, comma, can you believe Christmas is 17 days away?
0: No, it'll come and go so fast. It always does.
1: And why does the first half of the year always go so much slower than the second half? I feel like Halloween was just last week.
0: You mean it wasn't? Are you (laughs) sure? Oh man. Okay. Well, seriously though, time just keeps zipping faster and faster. So much so that we want to know if you Vegas strong revivalists feel the same way as you're listening along out there. Let us know how fast your year moved in an email, a comment, or on a voicemail to our...
1: Super cool podcast hotline.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I could discuss this for like an hour or so. We should transition into our first topic.
0: I could too. And let's do it.
1: Just so you guys know, we pre-plan these topics, and we even record them a day or two prior to releasing them. Normally, we wouldn't make any edits. However, something happened this week that we need to discuss before I can even think about talking about hospitality. And that's the live shooting incident that occurred on the UNLV campus right before this recording. My heart is really heavy knowing this is happening today, Warren.
0: Yeah. From the most recent reports, there's been three lives taken and one in critical condition, and the shooter who perpetrated all this has has died as well.
1: I'm really struggling with what to even say, except that here on the Vegas Strong Revival, our commitment remains to inspire care and consideration throughout our community. And I know the UNLV community will come together during this time to support each other too. Maybe as you're listening to this, just remember that we are all human. We are all going through our own personal battles and it does actually matter how we treat one another.
0: And if you have a connection to anyone at UNLV currently, reach out to them and offer your support and or some of your time if you haven't already. We all need each other in order to be Vegas strong. And with that in mind, maybe our talk today about hospitality in our own town might have more meaning.
1: This is definitely one of the hardest things to do. I don't know how newscasters do it. Transitioning from tragedy into other news. Um, I definitely have a huge level of newfound respect for those people. So as much as this makes me really uncomfortable, I think we just got to do it and move into our topics. So Warren, you... You and I both have worked decades in the hospitality industry. And for our listeners to get a full scope of what the actual meaning is, and since my brain processes things quite literally when learning, read me the dictionary definition of hospitality.
0: (coughs) According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, the noun hospitality has two meanings. One, hospitable treatment reception, or disposition.
1: How traditionally unhelpful. Continue. Too true,
0: and too, the activity or business of providing services to guests in hotels, restaurants, bars, etc.
1: Okay, I think we can do better. What about Oxford English Dictionary?
0: <laughs> Oxford says the act or practice of being hospitable, the reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers— With liberality and goodwill.
1: Hmm. It's better, but it's not great. What about Cambridge Dictionary?
0: I kind of don't know what Cambridge sounds like. You don't? No.
1: Well, I don't either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They have a few, though. Okay. First... The act of being friendly and welcoming to guests and visitors. Second, the work or business of providing food and drink, entertainment, hotels, etc. for customers. And three, kindness and friendly behavior, especially for guests.
1: I'd say we're getting closer. As a Rebel alumni, I did try to search the UNLV website for their definition, but sadly couldn't find one. So I've got a definition for my hospitality school in Switzerland pulled up here. Ooh,
0: are you going to do an accent?
1: No, I don't think you guys want me to do that. (laughs) Not after Jim Carrey last week.
0: Oh, boy.
1: It says, hospitality means extending a welcome to travelers or offering a home away from home. And the word is derived from the Latin word hospes, H-O-S-P-E-S, meaning visitor or stranger.
0: Do you want to know what the Urban Dictionary says?
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) and I doubt it's appropriate, Warren.
0: It's not, but I think we should share it.
1: Oh gosh, okay. I'm shaking my head, but... Go for it.
0: Urban Dictionary says kissing as much hindquarters as possible to maximize profit.
1: Oh my gosh. No, it does not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It does. That's
1: (laughs) really funny. But also like so wrong. And I also have a feeling it doesn't say hindquarters, Warren.
0: Well, no. And to expect that it would would be ass a nine. Oh my gosh. But there's a good point in here though, because I feel like a lot of people think that this is actually kind of true.
1: I know. And it's probably why I chose this topic to begin with. Our city's history and how we became known as, quote, the entertainment capital of the world Mm -hmm. wasn't just because we offered showgirls and performers alike or that we had horse racing and casino entertainment. In fact, I always have believed our city has been mistitled. Mm -hmm. We should have been titled the hospitality capital of the world because, frankly, hospitality encompasses everything.
0: You're so right. And lately, as you know, we've been transitioning into the sports capital of the world. And I don't hate it, to be honest.
1: I do, because it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the city officials' way of trying to rebrand away from, quote, Sin City. Mm. And mark my words, next our label will be something related to Hollywood because of all the growth of filming here.
0: Yes, that's definitely coming. Uh, Streets downtown the other night were blocked off for filming, of all things. But a tangent, I sense. (laughs) If we continue down this road, so can we try to stay on topic? Okay, Yoda.
1: I would love to know what your definition of hospitality is.
0: To start simple, hospa truly means to me to care for. You know, people want to feel cared for at hospitals above all other feelings, right? And tality makes me think of the word mentality. So I think of hospitality as simply meaning having a caring mindset.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: We, of course, assume that towards other people exclusively. But you and I both know that hospitality to oneself is incredibly important too. So I want to urge that it doesn't have to do with caring only for others automatically. Sometimes the reality is we need our own hospitality.
1: I love it. My personal and often private thoughts on hospitality are actually biblical. Ooh. Hospitality is mentioned several times in the Bible. True hospitality is really a form or demonstration of love to others. It's not about looks or the product or even the process of the business, but rather about how you made someone feel. Mm-hmm. It is a genuine, honest, sincere action, and it's always accompanied by emotion. 1 Peter 4.9 even says, Be hospitable to one another without complaint, which is really key because if you do something for someone, help them feel valued, important, or whatever, you really should mean it. And therefore, you'd never have a reason to complain about doing it.
0: And I think you and I both share that the term hospitality is actually not a noun to us. It's actually a verb because it's an action.
1: Exactly. So synonyms of hospitality as a verb for me include love, authenticity, and giving.
0: And gosh, it's so hard to teach someone to have that mindset. Either you care or you don't. Either you empathize and support, or you don't. The integrity with hospitality is the actual natural desire to prop up either oneself or others, I would say. Gosh, we make a really good team. We are definitely not misaligned, it would seem, And wouldn't it be exciting to see more of that mentality make its way into our everyday lives just a little bit more? Oh, yeah. With a little bit more awareness, empathy, and attention naturally paid to those around us, I feel there could be so many constructive outcomes that come from that. You know, we often hear stories about how a smile to someone who didn't expect it can totally make their day, right? Oh, my gosh. Totally. That's because a smile is a symbol of comfort, happiness, even gratitude. All these positive feelings, right? Mm Mm-hmm. When you give someone a smile, and I do mean a smile, not a smirk, you're giving them that specific positive feeling. What about a compliment? A compliment is a token of awareness, appreciation, or even reinforcement of someone else's personal decision. Every time you say someone's hair looks great or anything else really, you are supporting, uplifting, and perpetuating positivity towards their choice. What a gift that can be. Think about that. Yeah. Remember that the next time you see something in someone that you appreciate. Anything, literally. Give the gift of that positive reinforcement. What's the harm?
1: Right. And also, though, what's the investment?
0: Well, truly nothing. You're just investing hospitality. So by expressing hospitality through service, awareness, or even simple acknowledgement, of course, hospitality is truly at the core of the vegas strong culture. What do you think, revivalists? Does anyone out there have a fabulous definition of hospitality that they wish to share? Do you think our city should be titled the hospitality capital of the world? Honestly, Britt, I think you build a good case for that.
1: Thanks. I love that you hit on... On a side note that I had intended to point out, hospitality doesn't have to cost anything. Right. It takes time to learn how to be hospitable. It's not something we are born with. We learn it, which is why there are hospitality schools. Mm -hmm. Being hospitable can be as easy as answering the phone, guys, which is literally a form of giving your time. Hospitality is often, quote, Little things, big impact.
0: And and speaking on being hospitable through the sharing of time, I miss being hospitable at home, Britt. Yeah. I remember throwing weekly shindigs to host my friends pretty consistently. I love those opportunities to show them my own personal hospitality as well as to expand and combine my social circles. I actually used to be quite good at merging friend groups together. Mm. But things have been really different for a while now.
1: I'd ask what changed, but I have a feeling the answer is the pandemic.
0: (laughs) 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 Sure, but wait, there's more. The pandemic suggested to so many of us how we can maximize our comfort by limiting our hospitality, right? Uh Uh-huh. We talk to fewer people. We see fewer people. Therefore, we have fewer chances to truly practice hospitality. Makes sense. But I blame social media just a tad bit more, honestly. Mm. Yep. On one hand, social media has trained us to uplift every little thing we see our friends slide across our feed. But on the other hand, it literally removes certain types of people from the real world. I almost fear really diving into this. Me too. (laughs) But I do personally think our obsession with indirect communication through texting, social media, and other digital communication formats has honestly stunted any instincts many people may have previously had to be hospitable to those around them. That's why the art of hospitality is gradually getting lost in my mind.
1: Yeah, I hear you.
0: Put down the phone, everybody. Try saying something to a stranger. Just try it. Tell them they genuinely look nice that day. Don't save that feedback for their filtered social media stories or AI-enhanced profile <laughs> pics. Yeah. Give it to the person. It is so much more real. Let's get more real.
1: Let's get more real. Oh, I need that on a t-shirt with a pineapple on it.
0: Uh, uh wh- what do you mean?
1: <laughs> you don't know what that means? Oh, I am so excited to educate you and our listeners with a little tidbit. A pineapple is the symbol of hospitality.
0: Uh, I thought it was the symbol of swingers.
1: No. So I guess I
0: kind of do need this edumacation.
1: What? I've never heard that before.
0: (laughs) It's like an upside down pineapple thing. Trust me. No,
1: let's not go there. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. So the history here is just that American colonists began importing the pineapple from the Caribbean in the 17th century. Due to its exotic qualities and rareness, the pineapple became the symbol of hospitality because the trade routes between America and the Caribbean islands were often so slow and perilous. It was considered a really significant achievement for any host to be able to procure a ripe pineapple for their guests.
0: That's totally fascinating. Now that you mention it, I actually do recall reading that pineapples are symbols of warmth and friendliness, not to one-up you and your share, which Mm -hmm. I'd like to call a tidbit if you don't mind.
1: (laughs) I like that. Pineapples, not to mention, are also sweet, so I guess it all does make sense.
0: Well, thanks for that little history lesson, and it sounds like it might be time for our announcement section.
1: Sounds good to me. Today's announcements, gosh, we have a few. So first, I know last week we said we weren't going to have any new podcast episodes during the last two weeks of December. However, Warren is traveling next week for his birthday. And for me personally, guys, I could really use some extra time to get this house unpacked. Which means today's episode will be the last one of the year. We really hope everyone in our town gets time to focus on loved ones and also enjoy time for themselves. Next update, as mentioned last week, beginning in 2024, we will release episodes on Saturdays instead of Fridays. This might be every week or every two weeks. We haven't quite decided yet, but we will definitely keep you updated. Thank you so much for your flexibility and understanding as we. We still figure out all this stuff. And our last announcement, I want to ask all Vegas Strong residents to consider the last time you actually experienced something new and exciting around our city or enjoyed a relaxing day at the spa or at the golf course with your favorite person or even the last time you got involved in the community to volunteer. This holiday season is here, and thinking of ourselves during this time of year seems counterintuitive, but frankly, we can't be our best to others if we don't care for ourselves first, which is one of the many reasons I designed La Critique Concierge Services, where we firmly believe in having a life full of experiences rather than possessions. So, for the first time ever, locals won't have to be a hotel guest somewhere to get the best recommendation and reservation services in town. Think booking a limousine for your daughter's graduation. Think about allowing someone else to book that dinner at the hard-to-get-a-hold-of restaurant. Think about maximizing that next visit to Red Rock Canyon on horseback. Or help with scheduling large party bookings for holidays or other celebrations. Obviously, there's so much more Law Critique aims to provide you.
0: I personally can't wait to sign up to have someone to consult when I need a day to unplug and feel pampered. I could definitely get used to having that kind of help.
1: Self-care is really important, and sometimes it can be made more possible by having less on your personal plate. La Critique just helps with that, guys. Remember, this service launches this upcoming Monday, December 11th, and we've curated a collection of three amazing subscriptions. And since I teased this last week, here's a brief introduction. I dedicated the first subscription to the UNLV Rebels and called it, the Rebel subscription. This service is the most affordable option and gives you access to our concierge staff from nine to five, Monday through Friday via call, text, or email. The second subscription is called Born and Raised, which gives you access to our concierge seven days a week with extended hours too. And the third package is a bit unique, so of course, it's called Vegas Strong. This option is the most comprehensive, meaning our concierge won't just make recommendations and reservations, they go above and beyond. Picture this, we arrange an entire adventure day for you and a friend. Transportation, food and beverage, adrenaline activities, all the things you could want in that day. But instead of hassling with payments at each location for each service, we prearrange all of it for you. Think of it like, charging things back to your hotel room. You simply enjoy your day at each place you go and settle one bill at the end. Whew, it's a lot, I know. I'm sorry, but I have one more exciting thing to mention. We are donating 50 Rebel subscriptions to UNLV faculty members starting Monday. This is just our way to say thank you to UNLV faculty and to also show them our support and love during this difficult time. Starting now, you can call to sign up, or our website will have all the details on Sunday for you to subscribe online. Our number is 702-723-2343. Law Critique is a new local business, so thank you, thank you, thank you in advance to anyone who signs up or simply helps spread the word. It really means a lot to us. Now back to the show. Well, Warren, the facts are out. Tipping culture is changing rapidly, Mm. and I personally blame technology.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) tipping isn't what it used to be even a decade ago. I remember when not receiving a gratuity was honestly a rarity for me and now I feel it's more common than ever. Talk about something that so naturally impairs the motivation to maintain our Vegas strong mentality.
1: I remember my grandpa would carry around legit $2 bills solely for the purpose of tipping people. It was his signature way of showing appreciation for anyone he interacted with, especially at the Las Vegas Country Club. And he would never just openly hand it to someone. It was always Close-handed, hidden in his palm, uh-huh. and exchanged only by genuinely shaking the other person's hand. Ah. Ugh, I miss that level of hospitality and just the swag of tipping like that. You know?
0: Yeah, that's always such a smooth surprise.
1: Just over the weekend, I was picking up food to go from Wahoo's, and I'll hold my critique for a later day on that. <laughs> The kid behind the counter was super nice and friendly during the less than two minute interaction, right? But when that screen turned around for me to finish my own payment, it wants me to select my tip amount. And of course, this kid is staring right at me.
0: Mm, That's known as guilt tipping, I understand.
1: Yeah, I cannot stand it. Mm. I'm sorry, I have to know. What in the world am I tipping him for? (laughs) From my standpoint, he did the basics of his job. Right. Okay. He greeted me. He picked up my bag of food from one counter and placed it in front of me, then instructed me to finish my own payment process. At which point did this employee go above and beyond to make me feel any significant amount of hospitality to deserve a tip?
0: Tipping screens are everywhere now. I want to share a meme that was sent to me by a friend of the show, Steven, that kind of goes hand in hand with all of this. Oh, boy. love memes go you see the meme begins with the perspective of the camera getting into an elevator with a stranger the stranger offers to push the button for the camera carrier's floor and they accept because why not okay And then they look away, the camera that is, from the stranger as they push the button. But when they focus back in on this not-so-hospitable stranger, that person's now holding their phone up towards the camera with tipping options for you to see there. No. Yeah, they're suggesting that this total stranger deserves a gratuity for a simple act of kindness. Oof. Am I right? Big oof. I'm honestly and actually just waiting for grocery stores to implement some sort of tipping culture if you don't go through the self-checkout. I mean, I already do plan to tip somebody who helps me out to the car with my stuff, so I still think it would be totally ridiculous if they implemented something like that.
1: Oh, I will die if that happens. (laughs) Tipping a grocery cashier? No freaking way, Warren. Perhaps that verifies my point about food pickup and my desire to not want to tip. I don't tip at a grocery store and I'm literally doing the same thing, picking up my
0: own food. Mm, So how do you feel about food delivery then?
1: Well, I'm a little bit old school and I don't do a whole lot of food delivery. I have tried it, but there's just not enough trust in it for me. If I go get it myself, I know exactly how long the food was sitting before I picked it up. And I know how long the transportation time is. And I have a level of control in it all. Not to say I'm controlling. Uh, nope. You better, you better
0: keep going. <laughs>
1: don't go there, Warren. But with food delivery, you really don't know how long it takes for a driver to accept your order, pick up your food, and then deliver it. Sure. And you also don't know what's being done with your food during transport. I know you probably do a lot more of the Uber Eats and the DoorDash thing than I do. So what are your thoughts on tipping for food delivery?
0: I'm going to deflect. I'm going to go straight to suggesting that DoorDash started something truly crazy. They started to alert their customers who choose not to tip, saying orders with no tip might take longer to get delivered. No. Yes. And then it asks, are you sure you want to continue?
1: Nope. Nope. I definitely don't (laughs) want to continue.
0: (laughs) It's crazy that they added it. Talk about guilt tipping, right? Yeah. And the app also shares another alert to customers that says, Dashers can pick and choose which orders they want to do. Orders that take longer to be accepted by Dashers tend to result in a slower delivery time.
1: I just don't understand it, Lauren. The Merriam-Webster definition of gratuity is something given voluntarily or beyond obligation, usually for some service.
0: You think as a society, we've forgotten that little detail? Voluntary? I think it's safe to say that when we get stuck in the grind of the service industry, it's easy to think, well, I get tipped all the time. How dare you not tip me? It's almost egotistical.
1: I've seen it so much over the years, and I'm not going to say, like, look at me right now, but I personally have just never thought of gratuity or tipping in that way. I've always seen it as a gift. And when I received a tip, it made me feel so valued and appreciated and just seen. So I was honestly expressive of those feelings. And it would then reassure my guest that they gifted someone who actually truly appreciated it.
0: And I think you've been in more hospitality roles that honestly were not traditional tipping roles. So I think that's a very unique perspective that I like that we're sharing here. hmm. Gratuity shouldn't be completely transactional. Here's your tip. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And Vegas is a bit of an exception to other cities, though. So let's, let's talk a little bit about tipping etiquette in Vegas specifically. How much is appropriate in your eyes, Britt?
1: Oh, man. I really wish I could say it was simple and like, oh, just tip 20% for everything. But it's not that simple.
0: So where would you tip 20% or more?
1: gratuity is really appropriate for sit-down dining that also had great hospitality and or service. Mm -hmm. I think certain personal services like hair, nails, massages typically deserve 20% if the job is well done and you are a fully satisfied customer. Frankly, though, the only time I've ever tipped more than 20% is when the service was spectacular. Like, this experience made me feel something so much more than what I was expecting. There was this time an Uber driver went above and beyond during an airport transport. That rhymes. Thank you. Well done. And I tipped like 30% or more, Warren. It was ridiculous because I was expecting the typical, oh, hey, I'm here. Get in. Let's go. But I actually got Miss Whalen. (gasps) I'm Tony, your driver today. No. Are those your bags? Please allow me to load them for you. Oh, We have approximately 20 minutes of a commute today. Would you like to select the music during this drive or do you prefer silence?
0: Whoa, I have never experienced that. Yeah,
1: and imagine how everybody would feel if they had that level of service Ah. and how much tipping would just explode for Uber drivers.
0: That sounds amazing and you're right. It would definitely warrant a larger and more focused gratuity, right? Something truly special because that's so above and beyond what you'd expect expectations do play a role for sure
1: where or when do you tip like 15 to 18 percent gratuity warren Um,
0: usually 15 to 18 percent gratuity for me is reserved for places where my expectations were just honestly not met Mm. like say a fine dining establishment that just didn't live up to its promise yep or a place with like a more quick and casual type of interaction say like a truck maybe but I also think sometimes it's not really expected to calculate a percentage on the tip
1: to that point the standard across the nation at a bar or a coffee shop is just one simple dollar for every simple drink ordered beer wine or drip coffee for example and like two dollars per drink for anything quote fancy
0: hmm, I have a feeling you drink a lot of fancy drinks there Britt. <laughs> with lots and lots of modifications
1: what me no way Let's Guil- switch- okay, guilty as charged.
0: Ah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Don't you play away from that. Let's switch gears for a moment, though, and away from food and beverage tipping.
1: Okay, so what are you thinking? I've got a whole list of personal services, child care, movers, flower deliveries. Ooh, what about concierge services? See what I did there?
0: You know what? I'm actually super glad you brought up concierge tipping. Honestly, everybody, I'm probably going to surprise you by sharing that I do feel like it's my professional duty as a concierge to guide a guest to water in whatever I'm empowered to do. In other words, like If you come to me with something you want done, I'm going to help you do it. It's my goal. I'll do it all for you if I'm empowered to do so by my leadership, especially if I'm allowed to focus on the person in front of me the entire time. That being said, I do especially appreciate when someone chooses to tip me after tasks that are especially tedious. Mm. Like booking a flight for someone. You have to be very detail-oriented to prevent letting someone down when you're doing something like that. Yeah. It's not just where you're leaving from or where you're landing. It's all the optional add-ons and curbside assistance service options that you have to consider. Stuff like, do they need a wheelchair when they land? Yeah. Anyway, I also appreciate a gratuity when I know I built a rapport or a connection with the guests to the point where my choices for them were truly and actually curated. I considered their allergies. I considered their distance traveled. I considered their child who wants a child's menu with specific things on it. Or maybe they want to go out on a hike the next day and I don't want to recommend a meal that's full of carbs. Stuff like that. Wow. Navigating those concerns that make it more of a requirement to actually connect with someone as a person, not just generalizing them as a difficult guest. And in those situations, I may even give less service because I'm not empathizing to the reasons why they're so particular as guests. And as for the gratuity itself, Britt, I'll be honest. I'm grateful for anything. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you that way. Yeah. I really don't assign any value to the value of the tip itself. I'm just grateful for the gift.
1: I think we all need to remember tipping is actually optional guys like gifts are never a requirement if a person did something during a service interaction that made you feel good or went above your expectations during the interaction be a considerate human and gift them with a gratuity to show them that you appreciated that level of service
0: but also please don't give a great tip for poor service either this leads that service provider to believe it's okay to give poor service and that's not helpful to anyone at all
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Please don't do that. Some of you may not be this bold, but I'm going to say it anyway. I do recommend that if you receive poor service, try to show them some empathy and kindly bring up your complaint with them before leaving a small or zero tip.
0: (sighs) I can't imagine. (laughs) I know. It's a challenge. Thank you for your feedback, ma'am. I'll gladly accept my 50 cents. (laughs) What other tips do you have, Britt?
1: gosh don't leave 50 cents
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one
1: Okay, here's a couple more tips. The more skill or experience that goes into a service, the more we really should consider tipping. Mm -hmm. Further, someone who you have a personalized relationship with that knows your preferences also might earn a bigger tip since they can actually offer like knowledgeable advice or more personalized services.
0: And that speaks to the topic of personalization in the customer experience industry, like we talked about in episode two. Remember everyone, CX for short,
1: Yes. And gratuity is a gift. So it might be odd to pay a close friend to watch your dog for the weekend, but that doesn't mean that you can't, quote, gift them some appreciation by maybe getting them a coffee or something at a later date.
0: And I think that's the point to this whole segment, perhaps. Show appreciation where it's deserving. And that's how we all embrace the vegas strong ethos. That's how we connect to one another in our city. That's how we bond and show true kindness.
1: Ah, that's so good I love it
0: I'm actually really interested to see what our listeners think of this specific discussion this week Ooh,
1: me too have I offended any of you yet
0: I mean I doubt it but I guess anything's possible Brit yeah and on that note I've been dying to have a chance to present this week's concierge corner segment and I'm sensing that time is at last approaching
1: right you are Warren You, sir, are in the spotlight today with a solo corner.
0: And what a corner we have for you today, loyal listeners. We're deviating from the formula this week for a few reasons, okay? Number one, I want to prove that we do more around the Vegas Valley than simply eat all the time. We do? Yes, and there's more sins to discuss other than gluttony, okay? Okay, fine. And two, my eye is starting to twitch every time I say the phrase dining destination, (laughs) and I'd love to see if I could put that little tick behind me.
1: All right, fair enough. As a reminder, this segment is just our time to give praise to a local business, place, or item that demonstrates the Vegas Strong ethos and continuously provides positive customer experiences. As a side note, we are not paid for this, and there is no such arrangement of any kind uh, between us and these venues. This week's venue is still technically a restaurant, though. Shh. <laughs> However, Warren promised to detail the experiences and services that are beyond food and beverage. So if you're a local like me and haven't been to this venue, I think Warren is about to influence us both.
0: Ladies and gentlemen of Las Vegas land, please lend me your ears. Today in this third thrilling fragment of our Concierge Corner segment, I bring to you just one lone locale, resting just west of Green Valley that has grown up right along with me over these last 20 years. This venue began as a humble Mediterranean cafe and hookah bar in 2004 before gradually blossoming into a full-fledged cigar lounge, event space, and live music menagerie. This venue has it all. Authentic Mediterranean cuisine, the stiff mixed beverages best suited for soirees, the the highlight of genuine familial Arabian culture and one of the finest weekly entertainment lineups offered beyond the Las Vegas Strip itself, if you know me, you know this week I bring to you the Olive Mediterranean Grill Hookah and Cigar Lounge. Wow, Warren, I am
1: so impressed by you. That was incredible. Uh, I can't quite say, though, how weird I feel not being able to speak about this place. Hmm. So now you're going to have to take me, at least for the food, since I definitely don't hookah or smoke anything, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course I'll take you. Awesome. The Olive and I are childhood buddies, you see. It's wonderful to finally actually have a platform that feels comfortable for me to say thank you to the olive for all of the memories they've given me over the years
1: oh i love that
0: i i truly grew into a young man at the olive it was my central perk it was my mclarens it was my cheers oh boy my nerd is showing
1: (laughs) yes it is
0: i've been going to olive since i was like 16 or so wow (laughs) Yeah, right when it opened. I visited there with my parents, of course, for the first time because they wanted to try the genuine Mediterranean cuisine. So I'll only mention this one traditional starter item that we all enjoyed called the Olive-Mediterranean Combo. Mm. This is a classic. It's prepared in a platter that kind of separates everything, but it has hummus, a very unique tabula salad, baba canoush, grape leaves, cucumber yogurt salad as well, feta cucumbers tomatoes and olives of course it's served with a warm and toasty pita bread selection
1: i thought it was always pronounced tabbouleh salad have i been saying it wrong
0: <laughs> you know i would hope that i'm saying it right but i actually let everybody else eat the tabula or tabbouleh so i am, i'm in it for the grape leaves i'm not even gonna lie those are my absolute favorite
1: well now i'm just hungry continue <laughs>
0: Then I discovered hookah around 18, and since Olive was just down the street from my home, I began visiting pretty frequently to have a smoke while I studied, or to invite my friends along to socialize, of course. If I had a lot of studying to do, truth be told, I got pretty used to ordering the Turkish coffee. It comes in this big old cast iron pot, and I have to say, that stuff I credit my chest hairs to.
1: Oh my gosh, it's that strong?
0: As a matter of fact, I also credit my heart palpitations to that stuff. I need some of that. Mm, you would <laughs> love it.
1: You and I started working together around some of the time you were in college. I don't even vaguely remember you bringing up this place back then. You may have said that they had this new room that was more open and just filled with all this authentic Arabian decor. I'm surprised I didn't visit with you back then.
0: Mm, I- I'm absolutely guilty of inviting everyone in my life to the olive at one point or another to smoke or spend time with me. I-, I even threw a birthday party there actually. And I had a group of like 25 people or so take in the second room with me. And by the way, that's a seventh, square foot event space. This, Holy cow. Yeah, it's a huge expansion. It was so cool. As someone who has visited dozens of hookah bars and lounges in the valley, but certainly not them all, I'm a real firm believer that with hookah lounges especially, it is the decor that makes the experience. I just love how this other room and much of the venue now is adorned in beautiful Arabian tapestries and peppered with various cultural talismans. So many of the venues I preferred all of two were just empty rooms rooms with LED lights and boring old tile floors. Not charming, not authentic. It actually felt pretty phoned in. You know what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. Nothing about the olive is phoned in at all. The hookahs were always affordable, even as a student. The shisha, and that's the smoking tobacco, I hope I'm saying it right, is flavored differently from many of the competitors out there. So I personally developed several custom flavor combinations that grew on me pretty quickly.
1: I didn't even know you could do that. That's really interesting. The decor you mentioned actually sounds really welcoming and even just cozy.
0: Oh, totally.
1: When I was in college at UNLV, there was a nearby hookah lounge that was probably one of the very few times I ever went to a hookah lounge. Mm. So I can say the environment totally affects the experience. I want to hear more about what makes this specific hookah bar so personally moving to you, though.
0: Oh, 100%. But... I thought I could do this without discussing any more food items. However, I I just can't do it, bro.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: I just want to I just want to offer a side note essentially. Your own
1: side note. I got what? one.
0: I've I've earned the right, okay. okay? There's a lot of authentic, truly authentic Mediterranean food on the menu, but my favorite dish is the half and half shawarma plate with beef and chicken everything is just so flavorful and it makes me feel like i'm getting transported to some beautifully exotic location across the ocean
1: i'm gonna say it warren this place sounds exactly like a dining destination
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) how dare you i'm melting
1: (laughs) you know i'm right
0: (laughs) you know what i love about this venue though truly beyond the food is the story it's the people and their connection to the neighborhood. The Olive is owned by the Sehi family, who have owned and operated several restaurants around Las Vegas all the way back to 1975. Wow. Yes, just within their own shopping center alone— They've opened several different types of vendors themselves and seen those different businesses change. Some of them failed, and some of them were annexed into the olive itself. And that's actually the case with the consignment store that they had for a brief time right next to the olive. It transformed into the cigar lounge that they most recently added onto their business's original footprint. Hmm. I feel like the family's adaptability, longevity, ability to reinvent themselves, and commitment to their native and Vegas cultures justify that the Olive, and the Seyi family especially, are certifiably Vegas strong. Ooh, yeah. I've met Mona and her daughter, Reem, who have been staples of The Olive my entire time visiting them, and I'm humbled to say that they really do treat me like family. Even if it's months or sometimes even years at this point between my visits, they always recognize me and take the time to catch up for a minute or two.
1: That's awesome, and it's really actually similar to my cracked egg story from last week.
0: And speaking a little bit transparently, guys, like The Olive is that venue that... I think has that experience for me the most in this city. They're kind of my family venue. It's uh, really moving.
1: (laughs) I think we all have a venue like that, wouldn't you say?
0: I'd love to know what our viewers' venues are, and hopefully we'll grow to that. But anyway, I do want to share some personal shout-outs at this moment, because these memories wouldn't be the same without the people. So Melissa, Jasmine, Kelly, Nikki, Kim, and Zach. I really appreciate you guys wherever you are. Some of you have moved on from the Olive. Some of you are still there. And it just wouldn't be the same place without you. These guys were the belly dancers, the servers, and the bartenders who really helped the place stand out, you see. And please don't make this weird. Zach is not one of the belly dancers, okay?
1: <laughs> you know that's what I was thinking. <laughs> But you didn't tell me they had belly dancers. Mm -hmm. I doubt you even knew this about me, but I grew up learning all styles of dance, including belly dancing. I would seriously go just to see that. I
0: really didn't know that about you.
1: Yeah, I got to hear more though because you mentioned live music earlier.
0: Olive hosts live entertainment folks seven days a week. No way. Just check out the event calendar on their website. I am so used to recommending the Olive because of a specific performer. His name is Barry Black. He is incredible. He provides a chill vibe to the stage and of course the venue as a whole and it's always a pleasure to hear him sing. You actually got to hear him do his mouth trumpet. What? Yeah. That's cool. It makes a lot more sense when you see it live and I would try to do it, but I wouldn't do it justice. So that's your reason to go this Wednesday through Friday, guys. But on Sundays, they actually host an Arabic night from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Live Arabic singers and belly dancers perform. I'll admit that the college me loved getting caught up at the Olive on the Arabian Nights. It always attracted an awesome crowd for each evening it was going on, and it definitely increased the chances of meeting new people.
1: That sounds like so much fun. I seriously cannot wait to go now, because clearly, I don't need to inhale any smoke at this place to have a good time.
0: Definitely. The Olive Mediterranean Grill, Hookah, and Cigar Lounge can be found at 3850 Sunset Road, Suite D, right at the end of my childhood block, and wow yeah please go visit the olive everyone and thank you from Warren to the olive for so many of my favorite personal memories and that's no thanks to some of those extremely stiff cocktails they would serve me back in my drinking days guys you have no idea those put me right on my butt
1: (laughs) well I think I'll be the judge of how strong their drinks are now but in the meantime thanks Warren for an awesome concierge corner this week
0: I am a. (laughs) Excelsior! (laughs) For a final segment to this week's show, we want to confess that both Britt and I are thoroughly caught up in the stress of shopping, and we know you are all enduring that as well.
1: It's inevitable every year.
0: Right. And even though the craze that comes from the stress is also difficult to dodge, I think it would be helpful here to call out some of the harmful patterns that we see happening out and about that are so salvageable with a little bit more hospitality introduced into our thinking around this time of year. What's your first major pet peeve when it comes to holiday shopping?
1: I was really hoping you'd ask because my number one is shopping sharks.
0: (laughs) I totally get what you mean, right? They
1: drive me nuts. Yes,
0: they drive everybody nuts.
1: There's the ones who park their car by the parking spot that you were eyeing and they don't even have a signal on, right? Please, can you guys just use a freaking signal?
0: Oh, here, here.
1: It's so frustrating when drivers fail to remember simple communication that our vehicles were literally designed to do, right? These lights turn on for a reason.
0: Blink, 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 blink. That's such an easy way to be labeled as a jerk, everybody. I definitely get it.
1: Yeah, Warren, what's your pet peeve?
0: Okay, so I hate it when shoppers hold up the line at any type of vendor, really, because the coupon they just clipped just expired. Mm. And they will fight tooth and nail for that extra $3.27 off their cart total. Like, I know we all value our almighty dollar folks, but you're being inconsiderate to the other shoppers, the staff at the store, honestly to yourself. Trust me, you'll make the $3.27 back somehow if you just focus on it. You're a big kid now. Except when terms and conditions... Conditions bar you from saving pennies and kindly move on. Oh, I'm so with you there. I mean, it says right on the coupon that it expired four days ago. Is it truly that much of a surprise that they won't help you out? And is it really that important that you get that $3.27 written off? Is it really worth it to you? It can't even buy a pack of gum anymore. Actually, please don't quote me on that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure double bubble still costs a dollar somewhere out there, but not here. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Shoot.
1: Okay, so speaking of being in a line, you sparked this one for me. How about cutting in
0: line? Oh, goodness, so true.
1: I think it's hilarious how people so often fail to realize that we see you doing it.
0: We see it. We see it.
1: We don't care if you only have these three things. You know, the, the line still matters. It so matters. It's a social contract. You wait your turn. And I hate when they get all haughty with me when I say something about it. Yeah. As if I'm the problem for pointing out that they were literally putting themselves before others. And then they're often like just so pushy about it too. Sure. I feel like everyone rudely throws shoulders and elbows around during this crazy holiday season too. Like get out of your selfish mindsets. Quit cutting your fellow shoppers off. Ugh.
0: Yeah, folks. I'm
1: getting frustrated just thinking about that behavior.
0: Remember to be respectful of people's positions in line as well as their personal space. No parcel is more important than not looking like a selfish shopper to those around you. How about this one, Britt? Yeah. How about you make it to the front of the line at last and the cashier lets you know that actually, I'm closed. <laughs> Happy holidays. Ugh. That's taboo for me, especially because as a service provider, I help my guests until I have no one left. Yeah. I totally get that you might have to clock out at the end of your shift and everything, but could you at least turn off your register light or advise people directly as they enter your queue that you're currently assisting your final guest of the evening? Yikes! Try anything to stem the expectation when that's the case, right? Otherwise, you just look like an insensitive jerk as you step (laughs) off the floor. Yeah wanted to say something vulgar. It would be so fun. (laughs) Otherwise, you look entirely insensitive as you step off the floor. And sometimes I honestly feel like cashiers do this on purpose.
1: They really do. I've felt that. Yes, here in town. It's so crazy. And further, if you're leaving your post, but being replaced by another associate, can't you just freaking wait until that person actually comes out to relieve you? Like you don't need to leave everybody there hanging for that weird interim time when no- nobody is at the counter, right? Mm-hmm. Ugh, so frustrating. You know what else I think is done on purpose that kills, freaking kills my holiday cheer? What? I've used freaking a lot in this yeah, segment. I'm we're gonna, angry. I'm angry. We're angsty. <laughs> when staff stationed near the entrance to a business, and especially the security staff, are stuck in this surly, self-serious sort of attitude.
0: <laughs> oh, good alliteration.
1: These are often the first people that guests see when entering. And therefore, they might be the first people you ask a question to out of reflex. It's so uncomfortable when they scowl, look away, shrug, grumble even, and do all the other little things that say loud and clear to me and the rest of the shoppers that they don't want to be there and they don't really care about helping you either. I get security and customer service are technically two different types of roles. However, hospitality applies to every single position.
0: Ooh, I like that. But I don't like it when people put items in their cart that they are only considering purchasing Brit, especially when they're the new, popular, and hard-to-find ones. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've gone shopping for a specific item only to find the shopping racks empty of what I'm looking for. And then I go to customer service, and I wait 15 minutes, and I ask them where it is, and there it is. Five of them sitting right there because everybody gets cold feet at the last second. It drives me nuts. (laughs) Wow, Warren. You're not supposed to laugh at my pain.
1: You've clearly experienced this. <laughs> and I have been guilty of doing exactly Shh, that.
0: I'm supposed to respect and care for you. Don't <laughs> hurt me. Don't kill my dreams, Brit.
1: I'm sorry, as women can be indecisive. Speaking of leaving things though, the only way I manage my stress during this time is at the gym. So how about leaving fitness rooms a freaking mess? We all have to use them. And in all of the craziness, staff has a hard time trying to keep up with managing those areas for whatever reason. It's ridiculous. So guys, just help us all look less like pigs, okay?
0: Yeah, and speaking of pigs, don't open your stupid snacks, eat half the bag, and leave the remainder for someone else to find on a random counter. That's disgusting. It's uncouth, and it's flat out wrong. Not as wrong as when you get
1: the mom whose child has to sit on Santa's lap right now because her holiday priorities are way more important than anyone else's and her little Tommy's wishes are inconceivably more important than everyone else's.
0: Uh. Well, little Warren's wish this holiday season is for shoppers to remember to behave like friendly little elves to one another while they're out and about. Let's remember that we're all stressed. We're all triggered. We all want the perfect holiday.
1: Warren, yikes, okay? (laughs) Okay, I think we're all probably a bit triggered at this junction. (laughs) I think we've proven our point this holiday season. We are all warriors for our loved one's satisfaction, right? It's the gift-giving season. Friends and Vegas Strong family mean the most to us and we'd do anything for them. But let's remember to suspend our warrior tendencies when it comes to how we treat one another this holiday. Practice empathy, awareness, practice respect, and practice hospitality. We all deserve a happy holiday. So let's be sure to remain helpful to that philosophy.
0: Hear, here. I need me some eggnog after all this. <laughs> me too. Let's wrap this up so I can get back to the Galleria Mall. Okay. Attic Salt is about to close and they have a killer deal on cat t-shirts. <laughs>
1: Gosh, I can't believe you just said that. But I could definitely use some eggnog too. We still have plenty of season left to shape up our shopping habits. Along with our little PSA of how to avoid rubbing each other the wrong way this holiday, we discussed the true meaning of hospitality to each of us. We also shared some perspective on how we can spread a hospitable mindset across the valley without literally costing us anything. And finally, we reminded one another that gratuities are gifts not entitlements. So if someone goes above and beyond in service to you this holiday season, share some of that holiday cheer in the form of a dollar or two. Or if you are the person receiving that gift, express a little gratitude for it because that person was not required to give it to you. Last but not least, we wish you the best holiday season for 2023. And truthfully, We just want to express how deeply grateful we are to every single one of our listeners. We have only had four episodes so far, and the first three episodes have just over 200 listens. It's absolutely incredible, mind-blowing, unbelievable to see just everything coming together, and I am so humbled and just so grateful. So thank you so much for everybody who has clicked play and who has supported by sharing this content with others i can't express how meaningful it is so truly thank you happy holidays and of course don't forget concierge services are available monday
0: and that's a wrap on another critical or should i say critical episode of the vegas strong revival we hope you enjoyed the conversation and found it as compelling as we did We'd like
1: to extend our deepest gratitude to our amazing listeners for taking time to listen and engage with us. Your support is truly invaluable.
0: Remember, the Vegas Strong Spirit is all about coming together, so please share this podcast with your friends, your colleagues in the hospitality industry, as well as anyone who loves the local Las Vegas as much as we do.
1: If you have any suggestions, ideas for future shows, or even if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, don't hesitate to reach out. You can connect with us on our website, our Facebook page, or even leave us a voicemail on our super cool podcast hotline.
0: Before we go, make sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. We release new content every Friday.
1: Thanks again, Las Vegas. And let's continue to revive our city's passion for personalized service together.
0: From Warren Sprague. And Britt Whalen. Stay Stay strong, strong, Vegas. Vegas.